Hallelujah. Amen. It looks like many of you are using different versions. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I think we have to establish one particular version in the house of God here. So we will be able to follow. But it says from the book of Luke chapter 2, if you read from the verse 32 downwards, it talks about how Jesus Christ and his parents, earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, they are accustomed to going to Jerusalem to go and have a festival from Nazareth to Jerusalem for a festival every year. And in this particular year, Jesus Christ was 12 years old. And then they still journeyed to Jerusalem to go and have this festival. But upon returning from Jerusalem to Nazareth, they realized on the way that Jesus Christ is not in the carriage that he was supposed to be in. And then suddenly Mary began looking around, Joseph began looking around, and they did not find Jesus in the company of the people going back to Nazareth. And then they realized that Jesus Christ had stayed in Jerusalem. So they journeyed back to Jerusalem. Now when they go to Jerusalem and they search around the town, they found Jesus Christ in the temple. And when Jesus was found in the temple having a conversation with the doctors, the scribes, the teachers, the Pharisees, and Bible said, the parents asked him, that what are you doing here? Why did you not then journey with us to Nazareth? And Jesus turned unto them and said, Woman, do you not know that I might I must be about my father's business? My father's business. My father's business. What did Jesus mean by saying that the word of God is his father's business? Business. Why is Jesus calling the work of the Father a business? Why? Why is it calling the work of the Father a business? Is it because of the offering? Is it because of the tithe? Certainly not. Because there is only in one instance that we see Jesus Christ in the temple taking offering. And when people were giving offering, he was looking into the offering bowl. Are you here with me? It's only once, but the other time from the age of 12 when Jesus was seen in the temple, from then onwards we see Jesus Christ only interacting with the scribes, the doctors, in an intellectual conversation or an intellectual or a spiritual discourse. That was the thing that Jesus Christ was doing in the temple. Most of the times when he gets to the temple, he wasn't taking offering, he was engaging the elders of the church in discussion. He wasn't taking money. So why then is he saying the father's work is business? Because it's not government. He was only teaching. So why is it not a business? What then do we say a business is? A business transaction is simply an exchange of goods and services between two parties or more for a remuneration or a reward. That's a business, simply put. Or to also say that moving goods and services from one point to another point for a reward or a price or at a price. That's business. Are we here? Or are you here with me? I'm building my point, please. So, Bible then tells us, according to the book of Matthew, chapter 28, the verse 18 to the verse 20, about the Great Commission. And anyone who engages in the Great Commission of winning souls, Bible says that such a person is engaged in a business. Meaning that when you are engaged in a business or when you are engaged in an activity when it has to do with winning of souls, you are engaged in a business. Tell someone I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. These products are not what we develop on our own. We get these products from one point and we move them to another point. And then we get paid. Tell someone God pays. God pays. 
go on pace. Alright, so we get to understand a business is simply moving goods and services from one point to another point for a price. So then we are then being called businessmen as children of God. Because our primary duty is to win souls and to establish these souls in the kingdom of God for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I know you came for some anointing and prophecy, blah, 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 and I'm speaking about souls. Please wait, I'm moving my point. I'm putting my point. So what is Bishop doing like here? Bishop, I'm going to talk about souls right now. What I say? I'm building my point, please. I'm building my point. Like, like you're saying, like, Bishop, get serious, get serious. Like, hallelujah. <laughs> right, what has my situation to do with this? Bishop, get serious. Hallelujah. The Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says that we have been able to rescue the unbelievers from the domain of darkness to the domain of the kingdom of light. From the domain or from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. So if we, being able to rescue the unbeliever from the domain of darkness into the domain of light, then it is a transaction that has taken place and the believer that has been involved in that transaction is worthy of his price or his wage. Oh, are we here? Are we here? Because if business is moving goods and services from one point to another point, then it makes us understand that if I am moving a soul from one point which is the kingdom of the devil or the kingdom of darkness to another point which is the kingdom of light then a business has taken place and if a business has taken place it means that I must be paid do we agree? it means you must be paid right? oh does it mean you must be paid? yes scripture says in the book of 1st Timothy chapter 5 verse 18 that a worker is worthy of his wage so if I am working as a soul winner, I am worthy of my wage. I am worthy to be paid. I am supposed to be paid. And God pays. God will pay to me. That's what they are getting to us. He pays. God pays. He pays. He pays. Tell neighbor, God pays. I'm ready for my pay. You are ready. You have to work too. Okay. So then, Colossians chapter 2 and 2, the verse 13 tells us that the, the, the unbelievers are in sin. They are dead in sin. Oh my God, can you read it for me? Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. The unbelievers are dead in sin. But then he tells us we believers have been dead to sin. There's a difference between to be dead to sin and to be dead in sin. To be dead to sin simply means that you are not responsive to sin. But to be dead in sin means that you are responsive to sin. You are being washed in sin. You know nothing else except sin. A Bible calls the unbeliever someone who is dead in sin. Can you read your voice? Colossians 2.13 Colossians 2.13 Because all the so he says what you were dead because so we as believers now we were once dead because of what your sins or are you with me because of what your sins so once upon a time we were living dead we were once upon a time and the bible is calling this dead because of the sins that we are engraved in so we are living dead 
we are what living dead. So then, if we are dead people, or we, if we were dead by then, then it means that we have no ability to be able to give our life to Christ because we are dead. There is no life to be able to be given. So an unbeliever cannot be able to give his or her life to Christ. But the business transaction that takes place is an unbeliever present when we became believers before we became believers. We presented to God our present deadness. And in exit of our present deadness, God gave us his life. So we did not have any life to give. But what we had was our current deadness. Our deadness in sin. We gave it to Christ and we received his life. And that was a business transaction that took place. Are you here with me? The Christians who know what's about to happen are coming. Hallelujah. So then, the statement of we saying that we are giving our life to Christ, ask yourself, which life did you actually give? No, we did not come to give our life to Christ. We came to receive the life of Christ. Because on our own self, we do not have any life to be able to give. What we had was deadness. We were dead. It is not that maybe we, we have life. But even that there are some pretty, pretty things somewhere. Are you here with me? So if the unbeliever then begins to be transformed from death, death to life, then it's established that there was a believer that initiated that act. Then it tells us again that there is a relation that is going on here. There is an employer and there is an employee. The employer here is God and we are the employees of God. Are we okay? So God is employing us. So anytime there is an employer-employee relationship, then it tells us there must be wage for labor. Anytime there is an employer-employee relationship, then situation must tell us that there must be remuneration for labor. Are you here? Because you can't employ me without paying me. If you employ me, then I must be paid. Are we okay? Oh, so if God has then employed us, then it means that we must be what? We must be paid. Definitely we must be paid. And God equally pays. He pays. He is the employer. We are the employees. And what we are doing is to move souls. Our duty is to move souls. And as we move souls, He pays us. He pays us. What He pays us with are plenty. However, we will explain it. Are you here? Now the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 It says that our God is not unjust That he will forget that which we have done for him in, in, in love Or other versions say that our God is not unjust That the labor of our love will be in vain So God is not unjust that you will work for him and you will not pay him Anything you do for God, God pays you. He pays you. He pays you. Tell someone God pays. Can you read it for me, man of God? Hebrews 6, verse 10. Hebrews 6, 10. Let's read For God is not on God. He is not, he's not a liar. He owns the sea. He's not a cheater. He, he, he he's not unjust. But what, what happens, please? He will 
will not forget how hard you have worked for him. He will not forget what, how hard you've worked for him. He doesn't forget it. He sees it. You clean, you arrange places, you buy things for church, you sow things, you do all kinds of stuff, you win souls. He doesn't forget it. So you are just a father thing. All the things that I have done, and to move here. It's a very oh, yeah. Make one by a man of God, no. Oh, yeah. You said any hand that will not work will not eat. You mean two months of me, you wait. That may bring oh, yeah. You said, you said, he doesn't forget. Please, my boy. And now, you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers. Oh, my goodness. As you still do. As even as you still do, he has no forgotten. So he knows you are still doing it. He knows even though things are not happening the way you want them to be, you are still serving him. You, you are still helping other believers as you are supposed to. He said he has not forgotten it. He's not unjust to forget that. He's not unjust. But then he tells us again in the book of uh, Proverbs 11, verse 30. Proverbs 11, 30. He says that he that winneth a soul is wise. He that winneth a soul is wise. So, Right now you are grown, I can teach you this. At first I will tell you that if you are winning souls, it will make you wise. No. That's the half truth. But the actual truth is that the reason why you are winning souls is because you are wise. He that winneth soul is wise. So your wisdom is as a result of the souls you've won. So you are winning souls because you are wise. So if you are not winning souls, it means you belong to the other side. So you know where you belong to. Script, you know me, you know me. Let's not be sentimental about this. Let's not have emotions here. He said, He that winneth soul is what? Wise. So, the one that wins souls is wise. So, one definition of a wise person is the soul winner. Then he tells us in Job 22, verse 2. Job said, Can a man be profitable to God? Can a mere man, can clay be profitable to God? And then he answered, Surely, yes. A man can be profitable to God. But a wise man is profitable to God. So a fool is not profitable to God. Not in the scripture. Okay. Is a wise man is profitable to God. And one definition of a wise man is a soul winner. So ask yourself, am I profitable to God? You are looking at your money. <laughs> Please be sincere. Are you profitable to God? Are you profitable to God? Maybe you should be truthful in the context of the teachings here. Are you profitable to God? Because a wise man, Job said, can a man be profitable to God? Can a man, a claim, a man be profitable to God? He said, yes. One who is wise. So then people then begin to quote things and tell you that, um, quote uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27, that God uses the foolish things of this world to confirm the wise. So God qualifies the God. Please, quote scriptures in context. It doesn't mean God uses fools. It doesn't mean God uses ugly people. No! Boy, look at me. Boy, I'm not only handsome, I am wise. My goodness. God doesn't, listen, God, I'm a pure representative of that. If you ever judge any man of God or any Christian as ugly, it means you have an eye problem. Because beauty lies in the eyes of the what? The one who beholds, the beholder. It's your problem, not my problem. But certainly I know all of us don't have a high problem looking at me right now. God does 
doesn't use fools, he uses wise people. The reason why God chose you is because he knows you are wise. So there is no way for you to look down upon yourself. He is choosing you because you are wise. You're not a fool. Because he said, he used the foolish things of this world, of this world to confirm the wise. And John 17, 16 tells us, you are not of this world. So we are not of this world. So we are not part of those who are fools. Are you here with me? So if God is using the foolish things of this world to confirm the wise, I am not part of those foolish people. Because he says, we are not of this world. I am not of this world. How come am I part of the foolish people? Because these foolish people are of the world. And that's what he uses to confirm the wise. I'm not of the world. How can I be foolish? And I'm not foolish. Tell someone I'm not foolish. I'm not foolish. I'm not. Regardless of what anyone has told you before, you are not foolish. If you are foolish, you will not be sitting here. You will be frying some Kobe somewhere. Hallelujah. We, we are not foolish. So God doesn't use us because we are foolish. No. He uses us because we are wise. Man and wise. Not only academically, biblically. Man. Man. Pastor Peter was saying yesterday that uh, my man of God, our uh, papa is one person I don't get tired of listening to. And yesterday when we were ministry, <laughs> I heard you open the scripture. Before you open it, I already quoted the scripture. Then they all began laughing. We are not down. We are not down. No, God chose us for a reason. God chose us for a reason. And God chose you because you are wise. He chose you because you are wise. However, as much as God has chosen you, the reason or the motivation for which you work to get paid by God should not be on the basis of the remuneration or the pay you get or the wages you get. It should be on the basis of your passion. Because you know, sometimes you can feel uncomfortable in the company even though they pay you well. But you can you can receive a lesser pay and you will still be comfortable in that particular company because of the passion for the job. You are not there for the money, you are there for the passion. When we started, if it was for the pay, we would have stopped church by a long time. But it's not about that. We have seen God. Even today, the Lord was showing me one. I don't know if I should share this with you, but I'll tell you. You know, after the relevance worship, Jesus appeared to me for the first time. I see angels, I see spirits, I see other stuff. Fine. But I have never seen Jesus before. Yes, so I preach Jesus, I do everything Jesus. No. But I've never seen Jesus before. Then right after the relevance worship, that night the Lord appeared to me. And he began telling me things. I can share some of the things. Some of the things I'm sharing with you already. Then today the Lord also showed me one of the disciples. He showed me how he looked like. I can't say pretty things. But this disciple had beer, he had nice mustache, but his head was like more or less like Kwame Kume's own son. See, it looks funny, right? One time, a man of God, Prophet Suleiman, or Apostle Johnson Suleiman, went to see Dr. E. Adeboe. And when he went there, 
he had to wait a while. And when Dr. E.A. Adeboyo came out, he said, sorry, I was talking to Jeremiah and Isaiah. They came to visit me. And he said, ah, that the Bible, that script, Isaiah and Jeremiah, I've not finished reading it. And you, yeah, the, the people are coming to you. The books are not finished reading, but the people are coming to you. When I heard that, I began to grow a hunger. Because I knew how possible it, it was or it is. Because personally, as much as all those things take place in people of the dead, whatever people's doctrine may be, I've personally seen my mom physically, I've personally seen my father physically talking to me. Physically, though they are dead. Physically. So I know those. So when he told me, it wasn't far from the truth. So then quickly, I began yelling for it. And then God is beginning to give me this encounter. I began to meet these disciples. We will not look it today. Just give time some time. Just, just, just give time some time. You will see how the attacks will, come, will keep coming. That's why we have this place, the news. It's quite purpose. It's a graphic you are seeing here. It's quite purpose. Oh my goodness, it's okay. But I saw this disciple and the Lord was telling me certain things. You see, if you know the truth, or a solution to something and you keep it from people you are then seen as a wicked person so if you know jesus christ has the answer and you keep jesus christ away from people then you are seen as what so who are you now answer yourself are you wicked are you wicked how then can i do my father's business quickly i'll talk briefly then we enter to the prophetic and the anointing section please note this god pays I told you the other day that there was something beyond prayer and that was seed sowing. There are certain things that prayer does, there are certain things that seed sowing does, and there are certain things that winning souls also does. There are certain things that even eating does. He commanded Adam, eat of everything that is of the garden except this. He told man to eat because it solved a certain problem. But he told him to fast off a particular thing also. The same God. Four major things that you can do to do the work of your father. The business of your father. Which he's going to pay you for. So never think that anytime you're winning so it's for free. No. God pays you. Anytime you begin to check up on a member, on a soul, God is paying you. The first thing is go. Tell your neighbor, go. Acts 16 verse 9. None of God can you read for me? Acts 16 verse 9. Go. The first thing to do to be able to do the work of our father or the business of our father is to go. Acts 16 verse 9. Acts 16 verse 9. Yeah. Acts 16 verse 9. Mm-hmm. That's nine. Paul had a vision. So that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in the northern Greeks was okay. standing there, mm-hmm. pleading with him, mm-hmm. "Come over to Macedonia and help us." So Paul had a vision, and in the vision, a man who is in Macedonia appeared to Paul. The man is in Macedonia, but he appeared to Paul. Paul, your presence is needed in Macedonia. Come up there and help us. 
So one day, we went for, you know, Reverend Ernest Boni, the man in the USA who came down to minister to us. We went, myself, Pastor Peter, and Minister Abigail, we went for the mom's birthday, is it 90 or 100 years or something here? We went to celebrate with him. And whilst there, one guy came out among them and said, My God, I know you. My God. I said, I know you. I said, Oh, yeah, right. I didn't, I don't know him. So we met in Atlanta. <laughs> Me. <laughs> he said, We met in Atlanta. Oh, don't you remember? Oh, so like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Boy, Ghana again. <laughs> but he saw me in Atlanta. So a man from Macedonia appeared to Paul. Paul wasn't in Macedonia, but a man appeared to Paul and said that your presence is needed in Macedonia. These things might sound to be intellectually not reasonable, but spiritually they happen. I don't even know I was in Atlanta, but the guy saw me there. They were happening. Then suddenly he passed and Paul also turned to Macedonia. To help the man. You see, when you do not go, someone is dying and suffering because of you. The reason why you have disobeyed the call of God upon your life, people are suffering because of you. And their blood will be requested on your head. Because he has set us as watchmen over their souls. So you can do the work of God in any capacity you are in. But make sure you are doing the work of God. Are you there? Are you there? So go. If you do not also go into the field to win souls, you will not know what you are really made of. There are many of you very, very gifted. But you see, I'm the pastor here, the main pastor here. So I'll get more opportunities to preach than you will do. But when you get to exhibit more of the things that you want, it's outside there. It, 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 we can't have two masters, we can't have two captains. So it's supposed to be so. But if you do not go out there, what will, how will you know? Sick people only come here doing programs most of the times. Only a few during services. When we have our prayers, we have some sick people come here, they cannot walk, they cannot do blah blah blah. But we pray for them, they get healed here. And there were days when we even turned it outside onto the street of Medina. Word New Word. Word Miracle Seminar or Workshop. We went out to Medina, we were looking for the sick people, the people to pray for. That day I remember Minister Julie left, she said that push up and put the We were in her mind, we both got that NCA. We went looking for people, searching, we were looking for people to pray for. Because we can't say we are gifted and we can't go out there to minister. So we went, looking for cripple. We didn't see that. I didn't also want to go. We had another program too. But until we found one cripple or anybody, I'm not leaving. Then we found one, one, one old woman cripple, all that stuff. I have left problem. I said, thank you, Jesus. Your name will be glorified. You know what happened? The rest is issue. She definitely won. Then we gave them money. You know, Peter said, silver and gold have my money. What I have, I give. Me, I had money. I had the gift too. So as I started giving her the healing. I gave her money too. I have money. I'm not with that. I'm just yeah. Yeah. So go. If you do not go out there, you won't know what you are made of. One time when we finished school so many years ago, my first degree, and then um, we stopped ministry, we placed ministry on the whole because we didn't have a venue or what have you. Then I joined. And a church for a church youth for their uh, evangelism program at Bokwasi Trinity United Church at Trinity Theological Seminary in Basel. 
I joined them. Only a few knew that I was in ministry, but I was hiding my identity. So they began to share, still to go and go and bring my in purpose. Do to do to do to. Then I went. Every home I entered, suddenly my prophetic ah, I began to speak to people. I was young by then, very young, not that I'm very sharp. Ah, I was young. When I was entering to the houses, I was speaking to them, they were crying. Ah, I, I, I didn't understand what me, what I was doing was deliverance, prayer. We all, so now speaking to them, I was only teaching them, I was telling them what was happening in their life. And I was seeing these people cry. And it's not small, small houses, you know what was here? Because it's now developing, they have big, big houses, estates, like big places. Before you even enter, some dog is barking somewhere. Oh, and these people are big, but they're sitting down. And I was. Boy, from that time, the lady who went with me went to spread the message. Now, now everyone wants to go to work for evangelism with me. But you see, if I didn't go for such evangelism, I want to have known that I have the prophetic grace upon my life like that. Now, why be talking to people are crying? I'm, I'm talking to them. And unknown to me, I was just talking about for, for them, I was prophesying. Because I was saying everything in their life. But I mean, all I thought was I was just talking. And then they were crying. And I took my prophetic ministry serious. But until I went out there, I didn't know. So go out there. Tell someone go. Secondly, Acts chapter 8, verse 6. As you go, God backs you with undeniable proofs. Undeniable proofs. That's the number two. To be able to do the work of the Father. Acts chapter 6, the verse, chapter 8, the verse 6. Alright, man of God. Acts chapter 8, the verse 6. Yes, please. Ground, ground, listening intensely to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he would take. So the crowd were gathered to hear Philip minister because of the miracles that were taking place. So miracles have an ability to attract crowd. Are we here? Miracles have an ability to attract crowd. Are we okay? Now Acts 2 verse 22. So when you have undeniable proofs in your ministry or in your personal life, you begin to see people gather, like we see. Mm-hmm. Acts 2 verse 22. Acts 2 verse People of Israel, mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles. So, wonders. A proof, one proof that a man of God is called is that miracles and wonders accompany him. So as a man of God, don't be mighty in words. Have mighty proofs. Hmm? Don't only be mighty in words, strong grammar. And then you have no proof for it. You talk big, you go deep, but no proof of your ministry. A proof that you have been called as a minister of God is that you are able to work miracles accompany you. Testimonies accompany you. You see, the testimonies, the great testimonies, and even the small testimony that you may be able to quantify here are a proof that God has called me. You see that here. You are a proof that God has called me. You are my proof of ministry. But you, what's your proof? What's your proof? Ministers of God, ministers of God, what's your proof? What's your proof? 
God's generous. What's your proof? You can't say you are God and there is no proof to show forth for it. There must be a proof for your ministry. There must be a proof. So don't only talk big. Do big. Don't only talk, don't only dress big. Let's see the proofs. Aside the nice suit, let's see the proof. If you wear a nice suit and a demon can't go out, what is it going to see? Eat what? You, you, you can't have the hair cut like a man of God, dressed like a man of God, the seat of a man of God, whatever, like a man of God. And no proof to show for for it. Go. Don't only go. There must be a proof. But if you don't go, the proof will not happen. Okay. Now, the Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, verse 1 to 3. Genesis, or let's say Galatians, rather. Sorry, Galatians 6, 1 to 3. Tell someone, do not condemn the unbelievers. And one more time, say, do not condemn the sinners. Yes. As you go out there to win souls, and even as God pays you, make sure one of the things you do not do is to condemn. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Please Galatians 6, verse 1 to 3. Yes, please. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So we who are believers, if another believer or an unbeliever is going away one in any form, it is not our duty to abide and chastise such a person, but to bring the person back gently, speak to the person nicely for the person to be able to come back to Christ. Not to shun the person and person away. So it's not our duty to what? To condemn. It's not our duty to do what? Condemn. Don't go out there and condemn. Don't say someone's supposed to be condemning. No, 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 no. Bring them back nicely. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. What will cast up the brain? Be careful. Because the only difference is we are only we are sinning differently. But you are seeing me as more of a sinner than you. They are sinning differently. But all sin is sin. But still there are levels in sin, scripture says. All sins are not equal. Yeah. And I've got it here before. Share each other's burdens. Okay. And in this same way, obey the law of Christ. So in this same way, when I come to you and I'm sharing with you my burden, you are not supposed to send my burden outside there. I'm sharing with you. If I wanted to be outside there, I'll put it on social media. Many people will see it. Fine. But so far as you put it there and talk to you alone, you have no right to begin to call someone else to talk to the person about it. So it's not our duty as believers to share the burden of our friends with other people. But to share with each other. And the reason why people, many people are not able to trust other people to talk to because man of Man of God, people cannot trust you with their information. They come and they are talking to you and they are picky of what to say because they don't know if you say it or you don't say it. They don't know if they are in this case with someone you went through. Do not condemn. Do not condemn. Tell someone do not condemn. Our cases are different. Our demons are different. Our angels are different. Most definitely. The rank of my angel. The rank of my angel is definitely not the rank of your angels. Yours will probably be higher though. 
Hallelujah. Can I please just The last one is impartation. Even before Jesus Christ journeyed out there, he received impartation from John the Baptist. He was the vessel God used for the Holy Spirit to come upon Jesus Christ. So the last one is impartation. Impartation. Go to undeniable proofs. Three, do not condemn. And four, impartation. Can I please just stand Impartation can come from me and until you. It can come from God Himself coming to do so to you or for you. And I have seen God do a lot of things in my life. When I saw Jesus, He said one major thing. He said, 